Thank you, Joy. Beautiful rendition of Beautiful Savior on this Transfiguration Sunday when we hear readings about Jesus being bright and dazzling. Our beautiful Savior. Thank you so much. And uh, lots of light on this day as well. And we're going to lean in toward the light this morning during this next prelude piece. And it's your chance to warm up for the rest of the service. Um, chance to sing a little bit. And uh, you'll see on the wall that thing that says, lean in toward the light. But as we move along, you want to be more adventurous and practice singing some harmony like, lean in toward the light. Or perhaps, lean in toward the light. Or lean in toward the light. Or any of those possibilities. So we welcome you to Trinity Lutheran Church on this Transfiguration Sunday. And we're going to wake ourselves up by singing Carrie Newcomer's Lean In Toward the Light. Winter is the oldest season but quietly beneath the snow. Seeds are stretching out and reaching, faithful as the morning's glow. these next lines is when that response comes carry nothing but what you must lean in toward the light let it go shake off the dust lean in toward the light today is now tomorrow beckons lead in toward the light keep practicing resurrection lean in toward the light have passed the first test. <clears throat> this time if you need to add some harmony, alright? The shadows of this world will say there's no hope why try anyway but every kindness large or slight shifts the balance towards the light. Waters wind and open wide, lean in toward the light. Don't just walk when you can fly, lean in toward the light. When justice seems in short supply, lean in toward the light. Let beauty be your truest guide, lean in toward the light. Shadows of this world will say, there's no hope why try anyway. But every kindness, large or slight, shifts the balance toward the light. The prayer I pray at eventide is, lean in toward the light. 
All left undone be put aside Leaning toward the light When forgiveness is hard to find Leaning toward the light Help me at least to be kind Leaning toward the light I think any time we get Carl smiling while we're singing, that means we did something right, you know. I think <laughs> that always encourages me. Good morning. It's good. I'm not, I think I'm a little bit hot, am I? Well, hopefully a little. Anyways, you get the idea. Thank you. Uh, it's, oh, it's amazing how I walk into, oh, my Lord Jesus. Anyways, let's bl- we're going to back this up 60 seconds and say good morning. Thank you so much. It's good to see you. Now, I have a special request for me, please. Um, my granddaughter doesn't believe that Papa's on television. So she, she's in Idaho right now, and I promised her we'd wave. Would you wave at my granddaughter, Vivian? See? See, granddaughter? I told you. Hopefully, Papa passed the test. Thank you very much. It's good to be with you in worship this day. Um, there's lots of significance about this day, and I hope that you find yourself blessed Holy Communion will be a part of the celebration, and every, as always, everyone is invited to come and to share. So we're going to sing Christ Be Our Light. Is that correct to start? We're doing four verses of it. And I invite you to please stand as you're able, for we gather here in the name of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
ancient prayer that we sing back and forth to one another, Kyrie eleison. Continuing in this theme of light, our hymn of praise, praise the one who breaks the darkness. you to join your hearts with me in a word of prayer. Oh, gracious God, in the transfiguration of your Son, you confirmed the mysteries of the faith by the witness of Moses and Elijah. 
And in the voice from the bright cloud declaring Jesus, your beloved son, you foreshadowed our adoption as your children. Make us heirs with Christ of your glory and bring us to enjoy its fullness. We ask this as we come before your throne of grace through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated for the hearing of Scripture. Good morning, Trinity. Always a blessing. The first lesson is from the first chapter of 2 Peter. For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we had been eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received honor and glory from God the Father, that voice was conveyed to him by the majestic glory, saying, This is my son, my beloved, with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice from heaven while we were with him on the holy mountain. So we have the prophetic message more fully confirmed. We will do well to be attentive to this as a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. First of all, you must understand this, that no prophecy of scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation, because no prophecy ever came by human will, but men and women, moved by the Holy Spirit, spoke from God. The word of the Lord.
fun, didn't you? You really had fun. Al, Diana, thank you all for your gifts. Thank you so much. That was wonderful. God is good. All the time. So when you woke this morning and you were, your mind was filled with the notion you were getting ready to go to church today. Tell me, on the agenda, did you feel the excitement of, like, Christmas Eve? You know, we're going to sing Christmas carols and don our gay apparel. You know, we used to say that language and not be anxious about that, you know. And so, I mean, were you filled with that sense of anticipation, knowing that the, the smells coming from the kitchen meant there would be a meal when you got home and a great celebration? You know, that sense of seasonal excitement. Or maybe like Easter, you know, the Easter dress and bonnet and the tie, the special tie, the tie. You only wear a tie once a year, but to Easter you're going to wear a tie. Probably there wasn't much of that sense of anticipation or excitement this morning. Well, my friends, just to put that in context, this is one of the five major festivals in the annual church calendar today. 
I've named three. It's up to you to figure out the other two. <laughs> Have you forgotten that one of the ancient church traditions as well as on, on Transfiguration Sunday is that the congregation joyfully brings gifts for the presiding pastor? You didn't... <laughs> I just made that part up. That, that, I just thought I'd try that, see how that was going. I'm also assuming you have not remembered that one transfiguration sermon you've ever heard in your life. Neither have I. Can't, haven't. And so since it's only reasonable to assume that there won't be a whole lot that, say, a month from now, you might remember from this transfiguration sermon... Let me give you a quote that you won't forget. This one's real simple. Abraham Lincoln. Do I not defeat my enemies by making them my friends? Simple, isn't it? Do I not defeat my enemies by making them my friends in this world, of, this polarized world we live in? That might be good advice. So f for now, maybe days from now, maybe you might be able to remember that quote from today's Transfiguration Sermon. There was something you took away. Do I not defeat my enemies by making them my friends? Now, for the record, in the interest of full transparency, that quote has nothing to do with this sermon. <laughs> Nor does it with the Gospel text. But there's something now you'll remember from Transfiguration Sunday. <laughs> so with that in mind, you imagine Pastor Jim's watching this, you know, and he's saying, oh, my goodness gracious, what's going on now? As you are able, I'm going to ask you on this Transfiguration sermon or Sunday to please stand as you're able for the reading of the gospel. The Holy Gospel for this Transfiguration Sunday is found according to Matthew, the 17th chapter, beginning with the first verse. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three dwellings here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud a voice said, this is my son, the beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground and were overcome by fear. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up and do not be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them, Tell no one about the vision until after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The word of the Lord. Please be seated. Peter, James, and John, the disciples' executive committee, as it were, are gifted with this awe, awe-inspiring vision. And it literally knocks them to the ground with a vision of the future, a future, a future resplendent in glory. A vision where the traditions of faith, law and prophecy, 2,000 years of tradition. I mean, that, I, don't, I think we fail to put into context what that means. When have we had 2,000 years of a tradition that we can think of other than coming to worship, 
But nonetheless, 2,000 years, we see these two traditions of prophecy and law standing in service to Jesus, the Word made flesh. God being spirit, if God put on flesh, what would he look like? And as it was confirmed for these three, it would look like Jesus. Now, Peter's offer to build three tents or three tabernacles or three altars is in and of itself the definition of awe. Awe. Awe is the wonder and amazement that defines an inability to assimilate or describe an experience with our current mental structures. In other words, we can't find the words to describe what we just saw. It's, that's what awe is. We literally lack the language. Now, these, these, have, these three have just experienced the Jesus they have known as the man from Galilee transfigured before their eyes into the Christ in his glory, and they lack language to understand what they have just experienced. Now, for me, when I think of awe, I think of scenes like this. I think of photos taken from the James Webb telescope, that satellite, that space that's out there taking photos and probing deep into creation, billions of years back, looking at stars and, 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 and universes and planets and things that are just beyond imagination. I mean, for me, this is awe-inspiring. But what goes with it for me, which is equally awe-inspiring, even more inspiring, is the author of all this creation of life and light knows me, knows you personally. I mean, that's, that's just kind of, it's hard for me to get my head around and find language what that means and has provided for me in this life and in the world to come. That leaves me awestruck. Now, there is another expression of awe, as in awful. Like an example of the aftermath of the destruction in Turkey and Syria. It is actually the same part of the brain, though, that searches for words to describe this heart-breaking terror of such loss and life and destruction of the lives of tens of thousands of families. What are, we're approaching 50,000 known dead at this point. I mean, sometimes we just lack words to describe the horror of the moment. I remember reading about a couple World War II soldiers at the end of the war as they walked into Auschwitz and Dachau. They were so overcome with awe, the awfulness of what people do to one another. And one man, one soldier described, he could not find words to describe this pitiful what was left of this man except to hold him and cry. I mean, that's awe. It's the same part of the brain that struggles for words to describe one as the other. Clarity is a gift given, though, in the words, the words that God speaks from the cloud. This is my son. Listen to him. Which Jesus charges these three with one very clear unambiguous admonition. Tell no one of this vision until after the passion. Until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. There is yet work to be done 
The four will come down Mount Tabor. They will gather the others, and they will go to Jerusalem. There is work to be done. The passion must first be experienced. Maybe the most important part of our journey of faith in life is you can't get to Easter without going through Good Friday. Now, there are churches that try to teach that that's possible. They practice what we call a prosperity gospel, and they're very popular in our day and age because that's what the generation wants, to believe that prosperity. But the the vision of this glory is to be accomplished in the context of our own broken lives. This is the awesome and awful truth, which always is a paradox. My friends, truth is always paradox. Just when I think I found personally found my way out, it seems like God is forever dragging me back into the wilderness. Come on, God, I'm tired. I could use a little mountaintop experience. You know, the 23rd Psalm has been through the hundreds of funerals, memorials that I have been blessed to officiate it. It's probably the most commonly asked for scripture, the 23rd Psalm. I'm not sure people always understand, though, what it means. The 23rd Psalm is not a mountaintop experience. The 23rd Psalm is, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear. The 23rd Psalm is about Good Friday. It's not about Easter. It's a belief, a confidence, what the transfiguration will bring. Here's a photo from many years ago from Mother Kara holding baby, baby Maddie. Look at that. I actually was younger then. Father Dan is taking the picture. If, you, if you're into liturgical colors, you know this was Easter, or Easter. This was Advent, just before Christmas, as we're reviewing the baptism service. Then there is this photo here, Maddie and her grandfather, Evan, a few years later. It is said no parent should ever have to bury their child, let alone a grandfather, but Maddie was two weeks short of her sixth birthday when Mother Kara discovered her beautiful child had died during the night. No one knew she had a bad heart. No one knew. Now, the awfulness of that morning is beyond words. The awfulness of that, it just leaves us overwhelmed with horror. And as a grandfather of an almost five-year-old granddaughter, that's a particularly poignant picture for me. When Kara sent it to me, I just responded, heartsick. That's heartsick. That's what heartsick looks like. This was precisely the trauma of the awfulness the disciples would go through on Good Friday. Hence Jesus' instruction. The glory of Easter, of the transfiguration, will only make sense after you have experienced the earthquake trauma of living out what they thought would be their worst loss, that Jesus would be cruelly taken from them. Now, I have not spoken of Maddie's death since her funeral. She would be 26. There were over 500 in attendance at her funeral. Can you imagine that for a child? And that day, upwards of 100 little children received their first communion because they all got instructions, and they came. 
to receive. Now, we've long established, you know me well enough to know that I'm a crier. Shoot, I cry at the opening of a Safeway, you know. I can't even make it through Guardians of the Galaxy, for goodness sakes. I mean, that's pathetic. And that day I held it together pretty well until the, almost the end of communion. One little boy, as I placed the wafer, the bread in his hand, giving those children instruction that Maddie was taking the same meal with Jesus in heaven, he simply looked up at me and he said, I miss Maddie. Well, I, I lost it. I lost it at that time. The awfulness of Good Friday will give way to the awestruck of Easter, the season of Lent that we're just about to enter into to lead us to that, to that week, Holy Week. Kara is so present in my life after Brenda's death. She sent me a loving message reminding me that grief never ends and grief is a passage, it's not a destination. Now, for all practical services, I could say this sermon's over. I'd say I'm done right now. Transfiguration sermon is done. But I have a PS, a postscript. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the great Lutheran theologian pastor who died in the Flossenburg concentration camp just a couple weeks before the war ended, he knew what great loss looked like, the losing of his family, the losing of his fiance that he would, they would never be able to marry. He watched literally the loss of life around him in horror. Yet he wrote of grace. Grace wins. Grace always wins. And he wrote about the dangers of cheap grace. Grace always wins. And so in the context of this transfiguration some Sunday, I have this line, this quote from Bonhoeffer. Follow along while I read it. Nothing can make up for the absence of someone we love. And it would be wrong to find a substitute. We simply hold out and we see it through. Now that sounds very hard at first. But at the same time, it is a great consolation. For the gap, as long as it remains unfilled, preserves the bond between us. It is nonsense to say God fills the gap. God does not fill it. But on the contrary, God keeps it empty and so helps us to keep alive our former communion with each other, even at the cost of pain. I understand how in great loss, believe me, I understand how sometimes... People just rush to fill the gap. They'll fill it with activities. They'll fill it with addiction. They'll fill it with other relationships quickly. Fill it up. Because the gap is just too painful to live with. Yet it is the gap that God promises to bless us through. Kara and Dan, after Maddie died, when someone would ask them about their family, they would say, we have a daughter She's just no longer with us. That language honors that space. It believes that God can use it to bless the world and to transfigure life into the glory that God has in store for all of us. In moments of awful loss, God will bless the gap. Do not be afraid. 
we also will be transfigured with our Lord. Amen. God is good. All the time. When I was a boy each week Sunday we would go to church And pay attention to the priest And he would read the holy word And consecrate the holy bread And everyone would kneel and bow Today the only difference is Everything is holy now Everything, everything, everything is holy now. When I was a Sunday school, we would learn about the time Moses split the sea in two, and Jesus made the water wine. And I remember feeling sad Miracles don't happen still Now I can't keep track Cause everything's a miracle Everything, everything, everything's a miracle Wine from water is not so but an even better magic trick Is that anything is here at all So the challenging thing becomes Not to look for miracles But finding where there isn't one When holy water was rare at best it barely met my fingertips But now I have to hold my breath Like I'm swimming in a sea of it It used to be a world half there Heaven's second rate hand me down But I walk it with a reverent air Cause everything is holy now Everything, everything Everything is holy now Read a questioning child's face And say it's not a testament That'd be very hard to say See another new morning come Say it's not a sacrament I tell you that it can't be done
This morning outside I stood and saw a little red-winged bird shining like a burning bush and singing like a scripture verse. It made me want to bow my head. I remember when church let out how things have changed since then. Everything is holy now. It used to be a world half there, heaven's second rate hand me down. But I walk it with a reverent air, cause everything is holy now. These are the prayers for this Sunday. Each petition ends, Holy God, and your responses, hear our prayer. Seeing and knowing the holy all around us, we offer our prayers. God of beauty, we give thanks this day for the creation that surrounds us. Sun, moon, and stars, earth, air, water, and fire, animals and plants of every description. May we be guided by your love as we seek to steward your creation, ensure its, ensure its survival, and provide for equitable use of its resources so all might live abundantly. Holy God, hear our prayer. God of justice, hear the cries of your children throughout the world. We know that violence and war greed and poverty, exploitation and fear are not your plan, and you weep with us at every tragedy and loss of life. Hear the cries of those whose hope is nearly gone, and let them see the possibilities of tomorrow. Holy God, hear also the cries of joy from the lips of those whose health has been restored, whose families have returned, and whose governments are making strides towards peace, transforming areas of conflict into situations of love. Let us dare to see all people as the beautiful creations they are, and defend their right to worship, live and love as they choose. Holy God, God of grace, we thank you for the community of Trinity Lutheran Church. We give thanks for the many hands and hearts that reach out to pray, to play, to lift, heal, and carry. For those who work, sing, garden, type, donate, and play with kids and adults in service of this ministry. May this church family continue to make a difference in the lives of those in need locally and globally, and change this world with your love. Holy God, hear our prayer. trusting in your mercy and goodness, 
we bring before you these prayers and whatever else you see that we need. In the name of the one who sets us free to serve, Jesus Christ, our Savior, Peace of the Lord be with you. I invite you to stand and share a greeting of peace with your neighbors. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Ooh. Thank you for those wonderful greetings. Um, remember, after worship, we have coffee hour in the gym across the way. It is not chocolate Sunday today. That was last Sunday. But what a wonderful showing. Thank you to everybody who contributed to our beautiful chocolate coffee hour last week. That was fantastic. Uh, thanks this morning to Deanne Olson for the beautiful altar flowers in loving memory of her mother, Millie. We appreciate those very much. Sunday Forum this morning. Let's see, are Alan and Carol in here, or are they down the hall? They might be down the hall getting ready. So Sunday Forum this morning, Alan and Carol are sharing their story of their, um, their pilgrimage to El Camino de Santiago, where they walked 400 miles. So I encourage you to head down the hall and listen to them. They'll be in the fireside room at 9.15 this morning. Um, I think she said she has over 200 pictures in a slideshow, so I encourage you to go participate in that. Uh, card ministry this morning, there's a, a half sheet on the table in the narthex. We're sending cards this week to Vanetta Turner at the passing of her husband, Bob. Bob passed away um, just this past week. And then also sending cards to Gloria and David Hartnett, who have not been well, but they are on the mend. So um, cards for them as well. And then if you would like to donate to Earthquake Relief, we encourage you to um, put your checks in the donation box. Just write Earthquake on the um, memo line. Make the checks out to Trinity. You can also donate through our website. I got to tell you, it's been really fun watching the mail come in and just in awe of this amazing community and how uh, we are able to come together and offer such tremendous support to people on the other side of the world. It really is incredible. Um, Holden Village. Holden Village is coming up in June. This is an opportunity for everybody, people of all ages, to go to Holden. I'm coordinating this, but it's not a youth event. It's a, uh, a family event, a singles event, a retired people event. It's a whoever wants to go. So there's information about that on the table in the narthex and reservation sheets. Um, we need to have our reservations in in just a couple of weeks, and we have limited space. So please let me know if you're interested in participating in that trip. It really is an amazing experience. Um, let's see, and our high school youth group meets at noon today, and then our confirmation kiddos are coming back this evening. We're going on a field trip down to St. Mark's Episcopal Cathedral in Seattle for their Compline service this evening, and then coming back here for an all-night lock-in. You are welcome to join us if you would like to um, engage in a Nerf battle in the gym later today. <laughs> uh, looks like Lana has her many hats ready for us this morning. Oh no, Pastor Tom's coming up here. He's not going to like try to take the place of Pastor Jim in giving me bad ribbing. <laughs> right? You, just give me time. I'll get it worked out. Work. Yeah. All right. So first off, yes, Amy said that the chocolate sundae was good. Uh, it was it was better than good. 
Um, and, you know, thank you so much. I, chocolate is just like maybe one of my favorite foods. I should have made it for the luncheon. And the luncheon this last Thursday, we had 46 people here. And I'm really sorry for all of those of you that still have to work during the day because you missed some fabulous food. And, I, you know, I was trying to think, well, hmm, maybe I could, like, figure out a way to be able, everybody to be able to come. But I can't call it a luncheon if I make it, you know, like at 7 o'clock at night. So... We're probably just going to have to keep it that way, and maybe you can take a sick day because you're, you know, your boss would never know that you were here eating with us. Um, next month, we are not doing a third um, luncheon, third Sunday, uh, because it's we have, you know, the Thursday night meals through Lent, so we're not going to do a luncheon and Lent meal because we'd have people just staying here all day, and we do need to get a little bit of work done. Um, okay, so I need one more greeter for next week at 8 o'clock. So if you are available, I could take two, I could take three, I don't care how many. Um, I just need one more person at least to greet next week because one of my greeters is not going to be available. So see me out, out there. All right, here goes the next one. All right. March and April signups are in the gym still. Remember how I talked about that big volunteer thing? So I was kind of looking at it um, this week as I was inputting everybody's names, and coffee serving is great because I think most of you have got it figured out that if you are serving coffee, you get first pick of cookies, and you kind of put a plate together for yourself and put it in the back so you kind of know what you're going to be able to get, right? So I knew that that one was going to be filled up first. And then the greeters are really good because, you know, you, you love to say good morning to people and hold the door. Ushers. Ooh. Um, maybe I forgot to tell you that I need four ushers each service. Because I have two ushers in every service, but I need four, okay? So, um, and I was worried that some of you are maybe kind of nervous about ushering, like there's some like magical way that you have to do things, right? So um, if you're afraid of doing a communion Sunday, just remember communion Sundays are the first and third, so then sign up for a second and fourth, right? That'll work. Because on a second and a fourth, all you do is you pass out papers, you say good morning, and then you count. One, two, three. That's all you do. Okay? And then you take the papers back. You don't let anybody leave here without taking their papers, right? So that's all it is. Um, you know, communion, there's a little bit more, but, you know, that's kind of, you get to be bossy in that one because you get to tell people when they get to go places. So everybody is capable of it. So I would love to see lots of signups today. Okay? Thank you. Thank you, Lana. Um, and as she mentioned, we're heading towards Lent, which means that this Wednesday is Ash Wednesday. So we will have services here at 10 a.m. and 7 p.m. Um, so you are welcome to come receive the imposition of ashes on your forehead and um, celebrate this beautiful day. Any other announcements? 
Mr. Carl. Just a couple, just reinforcing that Holden is a wonderful place you should go and say thank you to Joy, who's playing organ for us today yes. while Sheila's gone. Thank you. Okay, I'll hand it over to you. Sometimes announcements remind me why I want to take communion. So we're going to segue into the receiving of the Lord's Supper. And I ask that you would kind of, we would call our hearts to the good words of this. That on the night in which our Lord was betrayed, he took bread. He gave thanks for it. He broke it and he gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body. It is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Then again, after the supper, he took the cup. And after giving thanks, he gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant. It is poured out on my blood for you and for all for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. For as often as we receive this bread and drink of this cup, we share in the mystery of Christ's real presence who is here with us now and who taught us when to pray to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, most important word for you to remember is that this is an open table that is for you, whether it be your first time you receive the meal or you have done it for a lifetime. Please feel well, welcome to come. Take the wafer and dip it into the chalice of your choice. The first will have juice and the second will have wine. The meal is ready.
And the plans they made put an end to you. I walked out this morning and I wrote down this song. Just can't remember who to send it to. Well, I've seen fire and I've seen rain. I've seen sunny days that I thought would never end. I've seen lonely times when I could not find a friend But I always thought that I'd see you again Won't you look down upon me, Jesus? You've got to help me make a stand you just got to see me through another day my body's aching and my time is at hand And I won't make it any other way Well, I've seen fire and I've seen rain I've seen the sunny days that I thought would never end Seen lonely times when I could not find a friend but I always thought that I'd see you again well now I'm walking my mind to an easy time my back turned toward the sun Lord knows when the cold wind blows it'll turn your head around well there's hours of time on the telephone line Talk about things to come Sweet dreams and flying machines In pieces on the ground Well, I've seen fire and I've seen rain I've seen the sunny days That I thought would never end Seen lonely times When I could not find a friend but I always thought that I'd see you one more time again now. 
Thought I'd see you one more time again Thought I'd see you, thought I'd see you fire and rain Thought I'd see you, thought I'd see you fire and rain now. We have been fed and nourished by word and sacrament. We have been loved by God, the creator of the universe, who is present here with us and knows each of us by name. I invite you to please stand for the benediction and the blessing. May the body of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the gift of his precious blood strengthen, keep, and preserve us for perfect faith unto life eternal. Amen. And now may the God of peace bless you and keep you. May God's face shine on you and be gracious to you. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the people of God say, Amen. Our recessional hymn, I want to walk as a child of the light. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.